Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everybody. So we are back with another great episode today. Oh, wait, before I forget. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your patience. We had some technical issues with getting the episodes on certain platforms, but now we are completely up to date. Thank you very much for your patience. I received your emails and your DMs and all the things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this week, Kilolo Strobert joins us on the podcast. She owns Fermented Grapes. It's a wine shop in the Prospect Heights area of New York in Brooklyn. Listening to Kilolo talk is so interesting because her perspective is so different from any other person that we've had on this podcast. She's been a culinary school. She's had 15 years of wine experience. She's a wine expert. She can talk wine up and down. And her career path has not been a straight line. And she talks about that. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Cheers. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. Happy Monday. Hey, y'all. Leslie Glennis. Hey, hey. Hey, what's going on? How are y'all? How was your weekend? Not busy, so it was just, just regular. Okay. Yeah. It was I did a lot of, I did a lot of um, runs back and forth to Sam's Club in Laurel because they have all the Howard gear. And they were like, oh, could you get me? I was like, hold up. This ain't a delivery service. <laughs> this is yeah. not how we go operate. Did they have a shipment come in or something? Or they always have Howard gear? They, well, this Laurel seems to get most of the Howard oh, gear. Okay. Right? Oh. And they, they get the Howard gear at certain times of the year. Oh, I see. So... You know, when you, you get one or two people to post and then there's a run on that Sam's club. Oh, yeah. Okay. Shopping carts full of stuff. So that, that that's all I did all weekend. Yeah. I watched the new Issa Rae show. Rap shit? Yeah. Uh-huh. How, I, you, how did you like it? I thought it, it has potential. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it is very from the eyes of a millennial. Sure. So I thought it was interesting how it was filmed and how the story is told. But I think I think it has potential. You know, it's different. Mm-hmm. And um, I think some people don't appreciate that. It, it, you know, I think they were expecting another insecure. It's it's tough because, um, like I said, on uh, if, oh, if you don't know this about me, I'm an insane Issa Rae fan. But um, I said this on Instagram. I said I, I'm always nervous about sophomore projects for people because it seems like sometimes the more people create something that they lose something else. So mm-hmm. I was nervous about it, but um, I watched it with open eyes. I didn't know what to expect. I'm not a millennial. Um, I'm, I don't know anything about Miami or like city girl life or whatever. So I wasn't sure if it was going to touch me like insecure did, but, um, I watched it and it was, um, it was a nice black story. Like it's super black. Oh, if it's black. anything, it's really, really black. And, um, I listened to the podcast as well and they have a girl that's from Miami on there. And she's explaining things about Miami that I didn't realize that Issa had put in there. So it's a lot of authenticity that we mm-hmm. might not have caught, but I think it's a, it's a, it's well done. I think the story is going well. I'm curious to see where, you know, where it goes next, but I, I watched it twice just so I could understand because they talk really fast and they're real Southern, but um, <laughs> very Southern. 
but I thought it was well done. I liked it and I didn't expect to. I thought it was interesting that she, um, and this is probably what they talked about in the podcast. I'll have to listen to it, but she showed parts of Miami that when you go down to Miami, you don't see, but that's like where people live and where they Mm -hmm. hang out is that Mm -hmm. she did that, which I liked. And she did that in Insecure also. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, so I took Thursday and Friday off um, for no absolute reason. And, um, but I ended up at the spa because I listened to Glenda's story a few weeks ago um, when she was in Belize. I was like, you know, I have got to do something. I know I can't go anywhere right now, but um, I spent half a day at the spa and it was so nice. Um, I go to the Pearl. Yeah. I went to the Pearl spa in Columbia and I got a 75 minute massage. And then they have this thing called healing waters where it has this very, this massive jacuzzi. And then mm-hmm. there was a rain shower, steam room, sauna, a huge pool. And then you have hammocks outside. So once you like bounce around to the waters and you sit outside and you relax. So I did that. yeah, it was very, very nice. You got to put time, take time out for self. Yeah. It's so worth, to it. It's really worth it. Yes. Yes, yes. All right. So we have a special guest today. Hey, Kilolo. Hey. And for all our guests or our listeners, she has a red lip that's popping right there. Fantastic. I don't know what the color, who it's made by, but if you all can see, her lips are putting That's okay. I'm going to take a picture. I dressed up up for y'all. We appreciate that. We are so flattered. (laughs) <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. I'm sitting here trying to stay cool. <laughs> I was like, so, let me uh zhuzh it up a bit. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> yes, indeed. So Kilolo, please introduce yourself to everybody. Um, so my name is Kilolo Strobert. I am a native to Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Um, I call myself a townie, even though I have lived a couple of other places. I don't care. I'm a townie. (laughs) And um, I own a store in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn called Fermented Grapes. I've been in the hospitality and beverage industry for 20 plus years, specific retail um, wine for 18 plus years, um, which has been dotted with other little uh, forays into uh, different aspects of the wine business. And uh, I'm just really excited to chat it up with you ladies. Woohoo, we're excited to have you. Welcome, welcome. So I read, um, first of all, there's a lot of coverage on you. There were so many articles um, about you. I want you to know that. So I had a lot of uh, footage to sift through. Um, I saw that you (laughs) you attended Johnson & Wales. Like a lot of other wine professionals, where did you see yourself going when you were in that process, when you were in school? Um, so I, I got kicked out of one school, went back and then took like eight months to find myself as it were. Um, and a friend of mine, I bumped into one day, was just like, you cook, you should go to culinary school. So when I went to culinary school, I didn't, I knew I liked food, but I didn't know about the world, um, and all the different like aspects of the business in terms of hospitality. And uh, I just ended up in wine, honestly. Um, After I got my bachelor's with marketing that focused on marketing with food, um, 
I just said to myself, all right, well, what's, what are you really interested in? And uh, wine at that time was something that really was playing a part in terms of that was now my focus. And when I went out, when I hung out with friends or um, when I went to parties, I just like hanging out in wine stores and like trying new things. And that's how I ended up focusing on, 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 on vi- the wine. And, you know, I, I figured out real early on it was recession proof and now it's pandemic proof. So <laughs> that indeed was that. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed it is. You're right about that. <laughs> so tell us, wait, was it fat bastard? Was that the wine? Was that the one wine? Yeah, that was the one, that was the wine. And, um, it, uh, it was, uh, it was tasty. It was really tasty. I still remember that. Cause I was like, Ooh, this is not my typical drink. I used to like drink a lot of Southern comfort. You know, I drank a lot of vodka. I was that type of person. I still love a bud heavy, like a regular bud. Um, but those were, that was my, I, my red wine was my, uh, was my, was my, uh, link into this business. Yeah. Very nice. So when you decided you wanted to get into wine, what was your first job? What'd you do first? Um, so I worked, it's so funny because uh, I worked in a lot of different industries. I worked for an environmental consulting firm. I worked at a hotel. I worked um, in an auction house for a stint, like in terms of wine, like assessing wines for auction. I, I was, and then I, I also worked for like some importers. Like I was all over. Um, but when I first dis- really decided um, to work in wine was the store that I purchased. Um, so 18 years ago, I uh, walked into this store and never looked back, I guess, is the way it would, it would seem, even though I was looking all over the place. So I was like, this doesn't pay. Like, I can't pay back my loans. I can't, like, what is this? So I was working at the wine store, but I was still working in food publishing. So mm-hmm. I was, I remember at that time, I worked eight months straight. And I had two days off in eight months. And I remember just being like, this sucks. <laughs> I can't do this. So I, I, I went, I was, I was hopping around for a long time. I was hopping around a long time, but always tasting, always going to tastings, always reading, heavily into really like training my palate. And then finally, after I uh, worked at this hotel, I was a room service supervisor at the Park of Meridian for like eight months. And I remember I quit because I found out that the front desk agents were making more than I was. And what I mean by that is like their starting salary was like 40,000. I was a supervisor of room service of over 700 rooms and I was making like 33,000. And I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) like, I should just go down the front desk or blah, blah, blah. And I was like, something's gotta, gotta change. So I decided to just focus on wine and beverage in a real way so that I could practice what I really knew I wanted to be in. 
Well, that's a very <clears throat> that's very interesting. How? Never mind. Go ahead. But that's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I guess, it's a lot. It is a lot to like unpack because my my trajectory, my my career in wine has not been a straight line. You know, like there were a lot of things that I tried and said, oh, that, that's not a good fit. And then there were other things that were a good fit, but they weren't good enough in terms of like money. Right. Because at that, especially at that time, at that time it was very much, um, I was still really learning and trying to understand what the levels were. And they still not like, laid out because it's such it's such a broad industry mm -hmm. and and um i just said you know i really i really like retail i love dealing with people i love understanding other people's palettes talking to people about what their likes and their dislikes are and that's why i really stuck with retail i really was like okay this is and i didn't want to be a sommelier in a restaurant for the main reason that I knew the hours and all that stuff, I was just like, oh no, that's that's not me. Even though I naturally wake up at 5.30 in the morning. I'm up at 5.30 and I could be out until four and it's not an issue, but I just knew that that was not the life I wanted to be leading. So I just stuck with being more with the people, various different people. Did so you, have you, a, said, you have a question, Leslie? I was looking at your face. Oh, no, I was Sorry. just, I mean, I was, I really appreciate your story. Um, which, you know, people, some people come on the, on the show and it's like a straight line. It's like, oh, one day I was selling cars and I had this bottle of wine. And next thing you know, I'm like a psalm and I own like a franchise. You know, we have right. had. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that type that's of not stuff. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really appreciate your tenaciousness and, um, and like your passion to find your, your niche and stuff. And it's interesting that you say, I, there is a question in this. Um, um, it's interesting you say that you don't like the Psalm life, but like owning a business sometimes is even harder than the psalm life totally well, what i'm it's not that i didn't like the psalm life i had already gone through culinary school and i went to johnson and wales and johnson right. and wales is a teaching college and in that college they were closed on friday like your classes were monday through thursday because they said you have to go get a job in the business so their whole thing was like you have to know what it's like so I knew that business, not only through college, but when I worked at the Park Meridian, I was the room service supervisor. So I was supervising, I was in a kitchen, like our office was in a kitchen. Like I had already spent years with chefs and years like understanding all that stuff. And uh, what actually really happened, I'll tell you, was I was doing a, um, I was doing a summer in Seattle and I worked at the Seattle tennis club and it was one of the best experiences ever. But I remember 
um, we were in the kitchen and a lot of the people were like veterans and older and they were already like in their 50s and their later 40s, like what I am now, because I'm 44. And they were already like, oh, I need knee surgery. Oh, I need back surgery and oh, this and oh, that. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, it's notorious that we don't have health benefits. It's notorious that we, that we work 14, 20 hours. Like, it, like the amount of, of stress that you put on your body as a person that works in a restaurant is unbelievable. And I was like, oh no. Like, uh-uh, that's, that's, I'm not signing up for this. <laughs> like, and that's really why I didn't stay in the kitchen and then on the restaurant side. That was the first light bulb. I said, oh no, surgery, automatic, I'm out. So it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it was more about like me seeing how beat up people got. And, th- and then I, I've, you know, and that's, that's the truth. Like people really hurt themselves, but, but they love it. It's a labor of love, but you get beat up. Interesting. So you mentioned um, Kilolo, that you walk through the door of the current fermented grapes um, edifice and said, this is it. So what made you um, feel that that particular, was it already a wine store and you bought it, you bought someone else out or you just had a vision for the space and all the stars lined up as far as financing. Oh, well, hell, you might have paid it for it straight out after going to Johnson Wells because your pocket's deep like that, but I'm not sure. So I'm making an assumption by saying what I was about to say, but you get the gist, you get the gist. Come on, sister, and, and talk to me. What? How did that Oh my God, I'm so glad I just muted right there for a second because I was <laughs> on the floor. So becoming an entrepreneur, I didn't realize I'd been saying that I wanted a wine store for like 14 years straight or whatever and so all my friends and family are like this is what you've been saying your dream come true and I'm like really and now that I'm in it I'm like yeah this this is it's real what did I what did I what did I do <laughs> um and it's it's a beautiful thing it is a beautiful thing but it's really hard it's not easy 18 years ago I walked in and one the store was five bus stops away from where I grew up and where Mm. I was living at the time. So that was the first thing. I was like, oh, the commute is 20 minutes. Door to door with lights on the bus. Okay, number one. Number Number two, I walked in and the owners were an interracial couple, ladies. And one was of Jewish descent and one is black descent. And I was like, oh, this is like women owning a wine store. Like, and I already knew the stats because I was out of culinary school. I was, I was, I had already been in publishing, which is super white, but I lucked out that I was in a very diverse environment working where, where I worked. I worked at Zagat Restaurant Guide. And that was like more diverse than anything like in a lot of other places. And I walked in here and I said, oh shoot, like I can actually talk to these, the owners and feel 
comfortable doing so. And so that happened 18 years ago. We stayed friends. We stayed friendly. One, because I lived in the neighborhood. And two, they were just cool, even when I had to leave. And over the years, um, I just was like, you know, if I want a store, I want this store. Because I saw how they built it out. I saw how they kept it up. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is, this is good. So I approached them about four years ago now. And I said, well, when you're ready, let me know and I will find the loot. I didn't have the loot, I had to find the loot, <laughs> okay? Like, I went to college, I have student loans debt. You, got, you were talking about millennials, I am a 70s child. I'm part of the reason why the stock market crash 2008 happened because I couldn't afford a house because I had student loan debt, okay? This, that is real. Like you are, so it's, you know, it's a blessing that I was talking for years and saying, this is what I want. Because when it happened and because of my experience and because of, you know, what I, how I've been able to perform over the years, my friends and family were like, okay, let's do this. And, um, and, and, you know, that's, that's how it happened. You know, you, you, you fundraise. So, so tell us about um, fermented grape. Like, tell us the layout and what kind of wines you uh, you sell. So, the layout is, you know, I'm right by Prospect Park, which is great. So, we made sure that we put in refrigerators. So, I have a three bay refrigerator, so things are cold. You know, cans, cocktail. You know, uh, we have cocktails. It's wine and spirits. A lot of people don't think we have spirits, but we do have spirits. I would never buy a store that doesn't have a spirits license attached. Because I always want to hit two out of the three categories. I don't, I don't know why people just do wine. You know, most people, you hit two out of the three. You either drink wine, you drink beer, or you drink spirits. So I want two out of the three. Um, so that's great that we have that, that license. Um, so the layout is really simple. I'm still twerking it, tweaking, twerking it. <laughs> I do twerk in the store sometimes. But by myself. But by myself. But I'm still tweaking it because uh, the the layout I wanted in the beginning, and this is this is with anything. Like you're like, oh, this is how I want it, and then you're like, well, that doesn't really work. So there are certain things, but like we have an orange section, a rosé section, then we have about five white grapes and five red grapes that we focus on. So cab, pinot. Da, 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 da. I'm thinking Gamay, maybe Tempranillo. I'm still messing with how it's also about the neighborhood and what they what they really are into too. So at one point I was gonna have a lot of Shinin, but this neighborhood's really into Gruner. So now I'm just gonna swap that out. So you know, Shards, Sauvignon Blanc, Gruner, blah, and then we it goes into regions, and that's how what's set up. And whites on one side, reds on the other, and then a lot of sparkling because I love bubbles, and luckily this. This neighborhood is into, I, I saw you, I saw you, Glennis. I said, oh, she got the bubbles out. I saw that. Yes. Okay, I'm going back on mute, y'all. <laughs> so yeah, so, so that's how the store is laid out. And we do, I am focusing, it's not, the word focus is so hard because people think that that's all you have. This is a purposeful 
dedication to making sure that we are represented. So yes, female representation. Yes, Black representation. Um, indigenous, gay, straight, blah, 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 all that stuff. But I also have conventional. You know, it's a hodgepodge. It's like New York. It's super diverse up in there. <laughs> so that's the story. I read that you have a section for, was it Black female winemakers or Black winemakers? So yeah, that's the thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to make a section. But now I'm like, you know what? Everything is just going to be integrated. Okay. So what I do, what I do is I have, um, we have a color code for the wines. So it's, um, you know, if it's an organic wine, it has a green tag. If it's, our, if it's an um, biodynamic wine, it has an orange tag. And then conventional has like a white tag. So I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do like a women's sticker, if I'm going to do a BIPOC sticker, which I think I'm going to do because I don't want it to be, this is global. This is wine. This is, you know, something that everyone's into. It's something that everyone's interested in. And I just feel like I could do that but it doesn't work with the flow of the store. And what that just harkens back to what I was talking about before. Like the things that you think you're gonna do don't necessarily happen in the way you think you're gonna do them, but I'm highlighting it. And I definitely point people into these directions. I'm like, oh, this is Native American. Oh, this is black female um, South African. Oh, this is, California young black female. This is da, 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 da. so it's it's purposeful, but also extremely going to be. Uh, and I've started to make it very appealing and approachable, and but yet all integrated. Do people come in asking specifically for well, when I first opened the store um, and because of a lot of the press people did come in and started asking, mm-hmm. um, which I think is great. I'm like, continue to ask, continue to pressure me to do what I'm trying to do. Cause that's the other thing. There's so many things. Like I just got my team together, which is a blessing. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I have a team now. So maybe I, because I'm right now I'm the only person buying the wine. So I'm the only person buying. I'm the only person where I'm opening. I'm closing. I'm sweeping. I'm mopping. Blah 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 blah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh shoot, I don't have any Lambrusco. When did I sell out of Lambrusco? <laughs> you know. But now this team together, which they're amazing, and um, we're going to continue to push to make sure that. Oh, I. Sometimes I lose track of what the question I was. I just got so excited. I Sorry. That. Let me tell you, I understand being like having a, a, a staff meeting of one person and you're like, oh, okay. So who's going to do that? Me. Who's going to do that? Me. So I understand having a team. I was asking, do people come in and um, oh, right. ask for like, oh. They do. Mm-hmm. Good. That's they do. Great. Especially because now they see me. And it's like a challenge. Challenge. They're like, <laughs> put up or shut up. And I'm like, oh, we're definitely, we're definitely putting up. 
we're definitely putting up and um, focusing ever more on just making sure that everything in the store is, you know, my whole thing is like, it's gotta be well-balanced. I don't care how funky it is. I don't care how wild it may taste to some people because everyone has a different palate. And I'm into, I'm into pleasing palates and pleasing your, your pay level, you know? So I, so for me, that's the, I have a lot of focuses and they all, you know, work together. I saw on your website that you have a wine club brewing up. How are you? I'm so interested of how you're going to arrange that. So I've been like quiet about the wine club one because I have, uh, I want to redo the, I like the labels, but then I was like, oh, I don't like the labels. And then I was like, oh, do I like this name? And then I was like, oh, we're sticking with the name. You know, I was going back and forth. But the wine club for me is going to be oddities. So, you know, it's, I've been tasting a lot of things that don't necessarily make sense, but they're well-made. Like a Gruner that doesn't taste like Gruner at all because of the winemaking process. It's, it's like a bit like not Chardonnay, but like a, a bit of like, as a, a little bit too much like Chardonnay S to it. And we were like, what is this? I was like, this is really well-made. This tastes really good, but this is not Gruner. So if I put this on the shelf, it's such a hand sell and someone, and we have to like really focus on telling people that this is not what you're necessarily reaching for. So that's what the wine club for me is going to be like. The wine club for me is going to be like a lot of fun things that maybe they will go on the shelf, depending on how people feel about it. Um, But just wines that are, you know, that are interesting, that are, you know, they, they, they spark conversation. And it could just spark conversation because it over delivers and the price is amazing. So that's, that's, the, that's the wine club. I think that's an excellent idea, um, Kilolo, because I think a lot of people get so used to drinking that one thing that they're used to. Okay, I drink this and I'm going to this um, shelf and that's all I want. So with a wine club, they won't, they might not be as apprehensive because it comes to their, it, it will come to their house and they can taste in the privacy of their own home and not feel like, oh, was I supposed to know that it tastes like this? And I don't have, I can, then you could do your own research and be a little bit more comfortable about it. And I think that's an excellent idea. Are you going to carry any pinotage or do you carry pinotage? I have one Pinotage. I'm probably going to end up having three um, and rotate in and out for a couple. Look, Pinotage is, you know, it's controversial. Exactly. <laughs> Very but, much so. But I, we just got a Pinotage that um, has a little bit of Malbec in the blend. Hmm. And so for me, I was like, oh, this is just Pinotage enough, but the Malbec, Malbec really mellowed out that burnt rubber tire thing that seems to happen with pinotage Mm -hmm. that smokiness that that puts some people off it's still there but it's just dialed down a bit so yeah and you know one i always say this it's on the shelf doesn't mean i like it 
All right. I'm not selling. I'm not just selling for me. There's a public that walks into the door that I'm selling to. And that's why we taste as a group. My staff and I, we taste together. And they're, they're, they are trained to know what's on the shelf and they're trained to help people get what they want, not push what we think you should have. I have a question. This is actually for you and Leslie. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, my husband is, he's been dry since January. So I've tasted a lot of non-alcoholic beers, wines, um, and this weekend, a non-alcoholic spirit. I want to know because we're getting into this wave of people who are giving up alcohol altogether. Are you guys going to carry non-alcoholic products? Well, Leslie, you go first, because my answer is very simple. Actually, I'll just say it. I'm not allowed to carry anything non-alcoholic. That's the state. I'm in New York State. So there has to be a percentage of alcohol in anything that I carry, according to my, my license. Okay. But there is a non-alcoholic store that I'm actually going to walk in tomorrow and introduce myself to the owners, because I funnel a lot of people towards them. I carry it when we do... Um private wine tastings and there are people who um, are alcohol free. So we provide that alternative, but listing it on, on our site, I don't plan to do that on the regular. Just for the record, I did not enjoy any of it this weekend. Not a one. <laughs> a non-alcoholic whiskey, y'all. Nah, nah. Expensive too, to be honest with you. I, it was 30 bucks. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's, it's pretty pricey for mm-hmm. um, not having the shabam in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> ah, yes, the shabam. Can I take that? Yes, you sure can. Run with it. I like that, the shabam. Yes. So you're going to walk into the non-alcoholic store. Have you tasted anything that you've enjoyed yet? Non-alcoholic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, what's the... Besides uh, water. Besides water, kid. <laughs> well, okay. So I dry out a lot. I practice that. So, like, I haven't been able to practice it in a while now. I like to do just, like, juice and club soda when, when I dry out. Like, for me, I need the, sh- the shabam. So we said, I need the shabam. If I'm not having, if not, if the shabam's not happening, I'm cool. But that means I don't even need to like go there, you know? So uh, I'm trying to remember, it'll come to me, the name of the stuff that's really popular. It came out maybe seven years ago. It was like a vodka and a gin. I forget the name of them. Um, and I just tried them. Uh, last year when I was, because uh, I worked for a grocery store for the past four years before I bought the store. And we tried a bunch of non-alcoholic or alcohol-free products because we were allowed to carry them. And uh, yeah, I was like, you know, Martinelli's sparkling apple cider tastes better than this. Like why? If if I'm not gonna have if I'm not gonna have the sh- if I'm not gonna have the shebang I want the sugar 
I need some sweetness. And right. a lot of those non-alcoholic stuff do- doesn't have the sugar because the non-alcoholic play in terms of marketing includes the lo- low calories. So they're also not going to put in the sugar. So it's like, well, what am I? No, I don't, I'm not enjoying this. That, that's the, um, I can't remember the label, but that's exactly what I was, the, that one that I was thinking about because I think we were doing mocktails and someone said, oh, you can get these. And I'm thinking like Martinelli's is what, like 11, maybe $12 a bottle. And I go to pick this up and I'm looking at it, it's like 30 some dollars. That, and, and my that, father didn't drink. So we always had Martinelli's in the house. That was like standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can get a fifth. Come on, you know. Any more questions for Kilolo before we head out to our closeouts? No, you know some will come up okay. in my mind at some point. So, okay. Y'all are oh. funny. I like this. <laughs> this is way too much fun. <laughs> I supposed to be. I mean, I just feel like you know I'm I'm with my friends. Y'all are my friends now. That's it. Yeah, we love exactly. that. We and love, and you're not far, and you're not far. Yeah. We can come visit you and stop you. So I'm coming, I'm definitely gonna come by you. <laughs> we need to, we need to, you know, we have uh, to a road trip. Yeah, a we definitely need to go to New York first. That's where all our friends we, are. We just need to like yeah. make a uh, Squirrel Sweet New York tour. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, y'all yep. need to because I I saw the list of everyone. I was like, oh, y'all talk to this person. Y'all talk. I was like, yes, fool. <laughs> <laughs> I know that fool. I was like, ooh, y'all come. It would be so much fun. Yeah. It would yeah. be so much fun. Oh, I do have a question before you go to the other fun stuff. Okay. So in your shop, do you do any other um, like sides for people to taste with? So do you have any charcuterie boards or any like I'm not snacks? allowed. You're not allowed. Okay. Just strictly so, the wine and York, beverage like New York is very yeah. strict. And because I'm who I am, I play very much by the rules. If y'all get my catch, my yeah, I don't blame you. Catch my yeah, exactly. We do because you mm-hmm. we, we don't get passes. No, the other right. okay. And so, we understand. no Dude, matter who's on that, I wish he would list. That's the list. <laughs> That's <you're> right. <laughs> no, I don't. Don't come in my. No, I don't. <laughs> would try to do something i wish i love it i love it i yeah i just i try to keep it really simple um even when when we have like right now restaurants are allowed to have the sheds out on the streets so that they have like you know dining outside and all that mm-hmm. and i called the sla and i said listen you know i want to start doing in-store tastings but it would be great if I could just put a table out front on the sidewalk during the, the time that I want to do the in-store tastings. They were like, no, your license doesn't extend out there. So, you know, it, it's, you are, and, and it, it's hard because you're seeing allowances be made for alcohol in terms of restaurants, but for us, there's no allowances and they're even allowed to, you know, sell an out. They, now you can take it to go somewhat in restaurants. And, it, and it's just like, well, 
if they're cutting into my loot, allow me to at least when I since I'm allowed to have taste, at least do it in a place where people that don't feel comfortable going inside. Because what's a tasting when you're wearing a mask? Right. <laughs> what is, does that make any sense? If I could put it out, you know what I mean? So, um, but I called the SLA. I called them because I was like, it's you know what? Home. I'm not trying to hear. hear it's, it's similar okay. to that in D.C. You have to get a, a special permit to do anything. Like that sidewalk in front of your store, you have to get a sidewalk permit to do anything out there and you have to uh, get an endorsement on your license in D.C. also. That's probably an, an extra fee. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Does my face look like that? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. Questions for Kilolo. Okay. First one. What song did you play the last time you opened your shop? Uh, do, 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 do. I'm going to see Erica Badu on August 5th in Prospect Park. And so I played, I did, a, I did an album because I actually opened by myself the other day. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And I played um, Baduism, the first one. Love that album. Yeah. That's so awesome. Good. So nice start with the rim shot. I think rim yeah. shot is the first song. Oh, so we, man. Yeah, rim shot. There we go. Oh, man. Classic. <laughs> Quick story about Erica Badu. Go ahead. So, you know, she used to go to Columbia to Meriwether all the time. And actually, I think she's doing like the anniversary tour of the web. Anyhow, Chuck Brown performed before her. And you know, with all these DC people, he went long. Of course, he always does. Oh, he always used to. Yeah, right. He went long. So her time was, you know, short. And in Columbia, they have a, a noise ordinance mm-hmm. at, I think, 1130. They shut you down. They don't care who you are. So she is in the middle of one of her epic songs, and they cut the lights, they cut the sound, <laughs> He was cursing up. I know she was having a fit. She was, but they cut, they do not care at that time. Boom. Because I think they get fined or what have you, but they cut Erica Badu off. So she came back the next year and she made sure she, I think she was performing with comment. She made sure that she got her full time that second year. So was this at Meriwether, Meriwether Post Pavilion when they cut her lights? Or was yep. she just in a park? Oh, damn. No, she was, yeah, no, she was on stage at Meriwether. Sometimes mm. artists know that they're going to go over. Like, some, someone in her team should have known that that was going to happen because you said, you know, he does that. Yeah. Sometimes artists will pay the fine. They're like, I don't care. I want to finish. Because they have the money. Right. It's like, I will right. pay. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Cause that and that and that's that was Chuck. If his if his audience was grooving, he wasn't stopping because he started grooving no. with his audience. And that was the no. best thing about seeing Chuck in and Chuck in in, in concert because it was like, go uh-huh. Chuck, all right. And and it, the, it's just infectious and it keeps going. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I, oh God rest his soul. I know I miss me some Chuck Brown. Oh, yeah. Mm. 
That was a good story. Sorry, Thank you for that. <laughs> okay next question um who would you love to walk into your shop tomorrow alive or or here we're not talking about the swirl suite so pick someone else <laughs> uh, let's do a live let's do a live i mean that's such a hard question because it's like the world I want everyone to come in. That's a very good answer. Yes. You know, I want everyone to come in, but no matter what's going on, like come in, chat it up. You know, and buy some wine. Buy some wine or don't. Some of my friends come in, they're like, oh, I was in the neighborhood. I'm like, what's up? And then sometimes I'm like, I'm busy, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, people like to hang. And I love it when people hang. But then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm running a store. But, yeah, I want, every, I want everyone to come in. And honestly, so this was a, the funniest. I worked in a wine store in the West Village. And we would have a lot of celebrities come in. And I waited on Keanu Reeves once. And that was, yeah, yeah. And that. But that, the, re- the reason why the story is so great is because I didn't know it was him. So he came in and I was in the back in the office. And then my, my coworker at the time was dealing with another customer. And so I walked up to him, but his back was turned to me because he was in the burgundy section. And I said, hi, you know, uh, do, you, do you have any questions? Do you need any help? And he turns around and I was like, oh my God, I'm about to and then I like held it together. I was like, wait a minute now. Like, this is New York. You deal with celebrities. You deal with high profile people all day. I had the five seconds of it's Neo, it's Keanu. I want to lick you because you're Keanu. And I had the five seconds of all of that. And then I kept it together. And he stayed in the store for like 25 minutes. And we talked about wine. And he was getting presents for some people and he bought he bought a nice bottle of Australian wine and a nice bottle of burgundy and then I was trying to get him to sign up for our newsletter and he wasn't having it <laughs> but like glad people was, like you know all the types of people I want to come glad he wasn't acting like John Wick have you seen no. it in John Wick yeah no he was not he was okay. the night. It was such a nice interaction, and you know, it was it was it made my it made my week. I was like, okay, Excellent. this is great. Yeah, that was a that's good. really cool. Really that's quick story. Good. I followed this girl. Um, she's a black girl, and she used to work at Barney's in New York. And of course, she deals with she's dealt with celebrities all the time. So her whole TikTok is rating each celebrity and how they treated her while she worked at Barney's. That's all she does. Really? One to 10. And then she explains if they get a one, she explains why this is what happened. It's amazing. I mean, I think I understand that we're in this time now, you know, we're social media. People want the truth. People want to know, you know, how, people conduct themselves and 
honestly, everyone has a bad day. So I'm not necessarily into the canceling so quickly of things, but I am into accountability. And it's just like, you know, you got to, you got to, you guys got to, people need to start coming correct, you know, like treat people like how you want to be treated. If you're not, if you're in a bad mood that day, get delivery. You it's know, true. like, yeah. why step out of your house if you just, you know, want to rail on people? Yeah. <laughs> just don't do it. Yep. Actually, I tell my staff, I said, listen, y'all walk in. If you know you're in a bad mood, I have stuff for you to do in the basement. I don't want you on my floor. Go calm yourself down. If you have a horrible interaction, which happens more often than not, because we are dealing with people and all different types of people. We're in New York, you know, if you know that, that you, that this is not going well, pass it off to another co colleague. Like there are ways for you to get out of these situations where the Yelp review won't go sour. And so I try to equip my staff with those tools because it's very important to me that, you know, at least I equipped it. Now, if some goes south, it's going to go south. But I want you to have the tools to be able to deal with some of these situations. So I saw this article where you outlined your breakfast for like five days straight. That was an article. And you okay. talked about what you ate, where you got it from. Okay. Yeah. So my question for you is, what is your go-to New York breakfast? And what wine would you pair it with? I mean... This is super cliche, but it's very New York. You know, you got to have the bacon, egg, and cheese. You have the bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll. Has to be a roll or a bagel. Those are the two carbohydrate appropriate. <laughs> That's it. I don't want to hear about no wraps. I don't want to hear about no paninis. A roll or a bagel. Bagel. And honestly, um, I, Eric Bordelais, the, the cider, the poire cider. I love that. I love that cider just for like brunchy things, breakfasty things. The Paris, I think that that's a beautiful, like, you know, thing to have. Nice. Or like, you know, or a mimosa. I know I'm talking about blends here, but I mean, that's a blend, but, and, and I went cider instead of wine, but a mimosa always works. That and Bloody Mary. See, I'm not for the bloodies. I'm not here for the bloodies. Yeah. Wow. Oh, love. Especially mm -hmm. when they make the Bloody Mary Me a either. whole meal mm -hmm. with shrimp. Olives, that's gazpacho. That's soup. I'm, Give me I'm, a soup. I don't like gazpacho. Oh, you I don't like gazpacho either. Uh. No. <laughs> and I don't like so I don't look Leslie. Why are you making that face? <laughs> no, there's certain things I don't like. That's why I have staff that like sake. I'm not into sake. And people say, What do you mean? I'm like, Look, I'm allowed to have one category. Right, exactly. I can't like it all now. Come on, I mean, you know I, what? You are exactly correct, and I and I I am far from the person that need to be telling. Look at Serena, stop laughing. I am far from the person that need to be telling. Oh, you, why you don't like that? 
because them jokers right there. And I'm like, no, right? No, no. So I understand. I understand. Okay, last question. Name one fact that people may not know about you. I feel like I'm so out there with my ish. <laughs> um, you know, I read, oh, actually this is personal, but I actually like to share this a lot because I feel like it's very informational. During the process of buying the store and everything, I had a hysterectomy and an appendectomy because of fibroids that I didn't know I had. I could barely walk um, for like a good month. Uh, the surgery was wild because the fibroids attached to my appendix. Oh, oh yeah, so that's why they took my appendix at the same time. Three hour surgery was supposed, three hour surgery turned to a six hour surgery. Um, and so, but I'm very like open about that. Cause I'm like, listen, like this is, there are things happening that are good. Yes, I bought a store, yes. <laughs> you know, all these things that happened. But at the same time, I was reading contracts, raising money, trying to do, trying to get this off the ground. I was having surgery. Wow. So, you know, I, and this is not me saying that it, it's about being superwoman or anything. I'm just saying that like, there's a lot of good with bad. Like there's the yin and the yang. There's, there's obstacles. There's, there's, there life is that balance and sometimes it seems wildly unbalanced but you know what people put out there that that are happening is always something going on behind the scenes and you never know what the hell it is well, i still can't think of a chef <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> that's damn shame too well we're hoping you feeling better after that are you how are you I feeling mean, after that? Uh I need another surgery because now I have a hernia due to that surgery. Oh my goodness. Oh. So I can't lift wine boxes. It's like all my staff is like, stop lifting. And I'm like, oh yeah, 30 pounds or less. So you know, but it's okay. It's okay. Mm. I'm like, it's okay. There's so many. You gotta think positively about it. And then when you're down about it, just know, okay, I'm down but then I'm going to ramp back up. It's super hard, but get it done. Don't play around with that hernia. Yeah, no, I'm exactly. not. No, no, I'm, 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 I have a doctor's appointment actually tomorrow. Good. So hopefully we'll make the date, set the date tomorrow. But yeah. Uh, well, thank you for yeah. sharing that with us. Almost yeah, definitely. You're welcome. You. I just think so many people have, it's over 50% of Black women have fibroids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I read that statistic and then bumped into so many people, I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm actually not embarrassed by this. This is not something that makes me, you know, I just feel like, yeah, if you, if whoever wants to talk about it or something like that, like, I think it's important because so half of us deal with it. Right. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of women. Thank you for saying that. That's a so. lot of people. Well, this is supposed to be about wine, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that oh, was we fine. This all the time. We, 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 we truly yeah, do this we, all the time. No, I was just making it. I was just making it. I was just yeah. lightening, the, lightening, the, lightening it up. Actually, no. J Street. How far is your shop from J Street in Brooklyn? 
So in that uh, like Dumbo. You mean area. downtown Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah. 15, 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm by Barclays. I'm like eight blocks away from Barclays. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice the foot, of pro- the foot of Prospect Park. Okay. 651 Vanderbilt Avenue. Fermented grapes. While you're naming your location, oh, tell everybody exactly. where they can follow you. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, fermentedbk.com is the website. And then Fermented Grapes BK on the gram. Well, thank oh. you so much for joining us. This was outstanding. You're thank great. you guys so much for inviting me. This I, I had so much fun. All right, cool. That wraps the show. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank Thank you. Thanks for joining the Swirl Suite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave us five stars, and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media. Myself at Buy Me Up. Glennis at Vino Noir. Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha. Vino 301 is Leslie. And you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vime Up Media.